Hey, yo, what's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the road podcast presented by DJ City. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. I got DJ Never. Yo, what up? I got DJ D Miles. What's good? What's good? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. And this is a special Miami edition of the road podcast. We got a special guest by way of DC, one of DC's finest. He was the Red Bull three-star regional <laughs> champ. And now he's one of Miami's finest. I'd like to welcome Spencer Tracy. What's good, man? What's good? What's up, man? Thanks for having good, me, man. fellas. Thanks for coming through, man. Yeah, no doubt. So how, when did you move to Miami? Uh, it's going on four years, so July of 16, 2016. July 2016? Yeah, yeah. What made you move to uh, from D.C. to Miami? Uh, I guess I was kind of burnt out. I was in the club, man, six nights a week. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. Like twice. Two gigs on Saturday, two gigs on Sunday. Only day off was Monday. Uh-huh. And I was just fucking grinding, grinding. And I just got tired of it. I was like, man, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, one, the pay is a lot less in DC. Uh-huh. So I didn't want to have to work as much. Um, I was getting tired. I would go to, you know, go to the club on Tuesday. Yeah. Stay out till five, six, sleep all day. Get up, do something real quick. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going right back to the club. It's like. That was my whole life. It's almost like a factory job a little yeah, bit. Yeah, bro, yeah. It, for sure. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like Groundhog's Day, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the same yeah. shit every day. I was getting sick of it, so I was just like. Well, what was the breaking point? Because we all have that breaking point, right? Where we realize, uh, like, yo, like. It's time for a change. I got to stop the madness or some shit. Okay. I don't know if there was, like, one thing, but there was just a bunch of shit that, like. Because uh, you that, were doing, you were, you were killing it out there. You I was know doing pretty well. I was doing pretty yeah. well. I could, I, I, it's no complaints. I love D.C. I still go back. Yeah. And, and play but I just I, my life wasn't it was more of a personal thing than it was like my career mm-hmm. I just wasn't happy with the way my life was set up at the time and yeah. uh just the relationships that was a big that was probably the breaking point the the relationships you build in the club don't aren't sustainable you know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just the same type of people the same shit the same bullshit you deal with um and I was just I got to a breaking point and I went I actually went to LA for a month I just was like I'm not DJing for a month I didn't I took my laptop, but I didn't even, I didn't play no gigs oh, okay. for a whole month. And I was just like trying to decompress and came back and found myself right back in it. And I was like, man, yeah, I got to do something. Did you grow up in D.C.? Yeah, grew up. Okay. I'm born and raised D.C. my whole life until I moved here. Yeah. yeah. Jer- Jerome Baker, uh, shout out to Jerome Baker the third. My dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? He was uh, giving me some info on you. But oh, did you spend, did you grow up a little bit in New York for nah. a little bit? No. Nah? He said that? Yeah, he said, maybe what? you did like a little, like you was in NYC in the 90s a little bit. Nah, <laughs> bro. I, nah, we don't even rock with New York. Not not to say if anybody's oh, from New shit. York. Hold on, Wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Let me say it before. Let me say it before. Let me say Get my whole sentence off. We don't even rock with New York, yo. D.C., if you really from D.C. He's from the East Coast, too. That's Yeah, but if you're really from D.C., once you go north, it, we we didn't really get along with him that that much growing up. Now I'm like, you know, I'm I'm older. I don't care. But as a yeah. as a young and you know in the club or whatever, it was like we knew we knew we knew who was from New York, Philly, Baltimore. That was like a different steez. It was a yeah, different yeah. type of thing uh-huh. than than what we were de- dealing with. Um, Why well, was the, like the New York when New York motherfuckers came to like D.C. Were they like extra cocky? Like yo, you're from New York. I mean, yeah, you shit. could tell. Yeah, you could yeah. tell. Could tell somebody from up from uptown New York, and it like, was just a like, little. How could you tell though? Uh, it was just a little too much. I mean, technically, we're we're from the south. Like, um, uh, it, probably nine out of ten people, at least black people, mm-hmm. that I knew growing up, growing up, 
somebody was from North Carolina, South Carolina, yeah, deep, yeah, in, that's deep like, in Virginia or something. Yeah, so we didn't. Definitely. Yeah, we were more prone to to fuck with the South shit than New York shit, especially mm. like in, in in my house growing up. I mean, not my parents, but my older brother. It was no limit. It was cash money. I pro- I was telling somebody this two days ago. I had every single no limit CD. Yeah. Skullduggery, Kane and Abel, Mia, uh, Damn, Mia man. X. Yo. Yeah, <laughs> bro. Cool. Like every yeah, week, so every week's release. Silk yeah, the Shocker. Yeah, yeah Silk. <laughs> so you like, went, you went, fucking, you. You went fucking with like uh, like Mike Geronimo or like Royal Flush and shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Mob Deep. I mean, okay, I know. I, I mean, I fuck with some Mob Deep shit, but nah, that wasn't our shit, bro. Like we just was not rocking with. My brother was into well before I was really into hip hop. My brother was into hip hop, so I got you know. I got enough of uh, enough of education mm-hmm. on it, but it wasn't it wasn't what I was riding to when I was sixteen and got my license. I wasn't popping in when I was sixteen and ninety nine, something like that. Yeah, I wasn't. We, we the same age. Okay, okay. yeah. So yeah. I wasn't playing. Was let popping? me like like Jay Z was popping in ninety nine. Yeah, okay. but I wasn't really a Jay Z like. But that was right right when the Cash Money era started to hit. Bro, yeah. I had every Cash Money tape. Yeah. I had the first Hot Boys album, the yeah. one before. <laughs> The one that everybody knows. The yeah. three hundred degrees one, not the four hundred degrees. <laughs> <laughs> right. I had I had I had every like from the South, Scarface, Devin the Dude. That was what that's yeah. what I grew up on. Yeah. Pastor Troy. Yeah, Pastor Troy. A, yeah. a, a bunch of it, it I think it had to do with a lot of those artists used to come to the city and uh perform with, with go go bands. So mm-hmm. Oh shit. And and go go bands do a lot of covers, cover a lot of songs and a lot of the shit that they were covering uh, were, were like Devin the Dude songs, Juvenile, or even if it wasn't a whole cover of a song, a lyric within one of their songs was from, you know, somebody from the South, Wayne or whatever, BG or whatever. And that just resonated with us, especially in my household. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. come from, my, you know, my brother and myself, we were just heavy into it. So yeah. I didn't really get to get the New York education until a little bit later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Interesting. I'm, I'm just curious, with DC, was there like, not really even a connection with New York that much. Not you know what I'm saying? Uh not as a not as a child, but once I got to maybe college. Yeah. I mean I went to Howard, so that's like a you know, it's a must be a tunnel from somewhere in New York straight to Howard University because <laughs> bro, I saw so many motherfuckers from New York. I had never even experienced that before. Oh really? Which yeah. I got a lot of good relationships from it and friends and, and, and yeah. whatnot. But it just I was so stuck in I mean, I could. I was still stuck in like the go-go, like still being around my neighborhood folk. Like, I didn't get that. I wasn't even while I was at college. I wasn't really on campus. I was still around the way. I was still going to the go-go's. I was still, yeah. you know, just out on the block, messing around. You know, blah blah blah. And it was mostly what you, what all y'all were here <clears throat> listening to was mostly South, like yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. South. I mean, two thousand, probably two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand one and two is when I really started to get into hip hop more. Yeah. Uh, because Go-Go, for me, faded at that point. That was, mm-hmm. and I listened to the podcast when Jerome was on here, he was giving yeah. a little bit of history of how it kind of like faded out of, like uh, they kind of pushed it out of the city. You couldn't go to the, Go-Go's in the city anymore mm-hmm. and it was out in Maryland. And there's also, growing up there was a disconnect between DC and Maryland a little bit. So we didn't really, I'm, like it was a thing Kind of like in Miami, where people from Fort Lauderdale or uh, Broward County like to say that they're from Miami, but they're not really from Miami. <laughs> Technically, it's yeah. the same thing at home. Like, nah, like you're New- from Maryland. Like, you're not from 
where DC. I'm from. You yeah. didn't go to mm-hmm. DC public schools like I. You, you didn't get on the bus and go all the way uptown. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like, like yeah. a bridge and tunnel kind of like kinda, like, like a New York, New Jersey kind of thing. Right? Kinda, yeah, 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 a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. when Jersey motherfuckers like when they move to another city or state, they kind of say like, "Hey, I'm from New York." Yeah, I hated, that. <laughs> I hated that. Well, yeah. I, I got that. I got that in Vegas a lot. So I uh-huh. meet somebody and I'd be I like, still like, get it. Yeah, I'd be like, "Oh, you from New York?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. And I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I grew up on you know Manhattan." They'd be like, "Why?" Well, I, I would go to New York a lot. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's that's pretty much the same thing. That's like, LA shit too, though, because you'd be like, "Oh, what part of LA?" Like, "Oh, I'm really from Riverside." Yeah, and I'm like, "That's not you ain't from LA, motherfucker. You from the Valley? You from the I? I got nothing against Jersey. I'm just like, you ain't gotta. Nah, we're There's nothing impressive about being from New York to me man you know so uh what do you call it so you came to miami you grew up in dc and then i want to know because i'm really curious what brought you to miami and like how was it to adjust to the to the music and to the club scene out here because it is it is fairly different it's different and my experience when i've dj'd in dc there was almost little to no latin presence at all like there was no latinos i i could barely play any latin music yeah it was a. I could play reggae. I could play hip hop. I could play even EDM or some house. Yeah. But but Latin was like not present at all. You know what I mean? So there's two things. There was a learning curve definitely for like the Latin and more Caribbean stuff. Yeah. Like I got a good base of dance hall because, like you said, it's a it's a good amount of Caribbean folk in uh in DC. So I had a base, but coming here like adding that Latin to sets, it was definitely a learning curve. Having uh-huh. they just basic records that every DJ has here that I didn't have a clue, never heard before, never even, don't even know the artists, like whatever. But the thing was, before I moved here, I started coming to Miami probably about seven, eight years ago, a mm-hmm. couple times a year. Mm-hmm. And then maybe six or five years ago, I would come like five, six, seven times a year. Then right before I came, I was here twice a month and just getting to know people and picking up gigs here and there if I could. Uh, I wound up meeting, meeting um, like Dizza and Raul and yeah, yeah. you know all those folks, and they would give me a, little, a chance to play here. They didn't, yeah. they didn't know me. I mean, Dizza, I guess. Oh, Chase introduced me to Dizza actually. Okay, okay. So Chase I, B, yeah, yeah, Chase B. Uh, I came down for I don't know if it was Basil, our Basil, or something like that, but that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah. That's when everybody probably, comes yeah. out here. Pro- probably yeah. so. So I came, but na- that's when our Basil was dope. I heard. Yeah, right? probably like it, it was. Eh, it was still a little, a little much. Now it's way oversaturated. Yeah, it's too much. But, yeah. yeah, but so I came down and um, I was gonna meet up with Chase, and he just happened to be at Adrian's crib, uh, Dizzy's crib. Yeah, and um, and he was like, "Just come through." I was like, "All right, whatever." So I, I went over there and. We just kicked it, and we wound up sitting and talking for hours about uh, music and shit. And uh, I think Pace Rock was there too. Oh yeah, shout out to Pace. Shout I heard it. Yeah, 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 I heard he yeah. was on here. Yeah. Uh, I, listened yeah. to, I listened to his uh, episode. It was dope. Um, and we kicked it and just talked and talked. And I was playing at Sidebar. I don't know if you remember Sidebar down here. Yeah, uh, uh, Raul owned the yeah. Sidebar. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was actually pl- a pretty big space. Like, yeah. In, uh, it it have an indoor and an outdoor, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was big and it was a it was a thing for about four years. Like it was yeah, dope, yeah. Um, which is hard to do in Miami. Yeah, which is hard to have yeah. like a club for four years. Yeah. So I was playing that night and they had they didn't know some. I guess uh, I don't know who booked me. Maybe Norma. You know Norma now? No. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you some background later about Norma. But whatever. Uh, she got me the gig just based off of like you know she knew Raul and everybody. It was like yeah, yo yeah. get this dude to play. They put me on. They had me opening. 
for an, another cat, like the the resident there that played every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and Chase and I were talking about it, and and, and then Dizza got in the conversation and was like, yo, uh, and Chase was like, yo, you got him opening? Like, wh- why? Why is he opening that sidebar? What's going on? And he was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, he had never heard me play. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So he switched it, got me to close. The uh-huh. other dude opened up for me, and just once I played and Raul heard me, and then I don't know if you remember Jared Grant from the basement. He used to he used to run uh, basement. How long you been playing there? For? I very very recently. Man. Oh okay yeah, okay. Yeah, this, yeah. this was a couple of years ago. Yeah. So he had just he happened to be outside um, listening, and uh-huh. Raul introduced me to him, and then I started picking up gigs. He nice. he put me on at the basement, and then that turned into uh, playing at Coyo and some other places, and yeah, da yeah. da da, and then. Over those next six, seven months, I just started to come down more and more and just build relationships, friendships. Um, and it just and seemed right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wanted to get away from the cold. That was killing me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I fucking hate the cold. Even though you grew up in that Bro, environment? Bro, I don't yeah. know how I did it. Like, at, I think at like 30, something clicked in my head. I was like, bro, if I do another, yeah, if I do one more cold winter, yeah. I'm going to kill myself. And I was I, like that in New York where I was like, I don't want to do New York in my 30s. Yeah. You know, like. So, like, in my late 20s, I was, like, when the Vegas opportunity came up, I was, like, let me try this. Because I was, like, really, man? Yeah. I, could, I couldn't <laughs> see myself. I don't know. For some reason, like, I was just, like, I can't see myself doing New York in the 30s and then in my 30s. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in, um, when I moved to Vegas, I was, like, yo, this is, like, I can't even. It's so much simpler and easier than than it is. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's so much easier to get up and go do something when it's nice outside. Yeah. Than it is when it's brick. You gotta put on <laughs> layers. You gotta walk. You should be used. Like, I mean, you should be used to it though. For I was. I mean, there. yeah, but that don't mean I you like just it. Wanted, yeah, <laughs> I was used to it, but I definitely didn't like it. And then, I mean, add on the other factors like uh, Miami getting paid more. Like you could, you yeah. could go to a bar in, in Miami and get paid double what you get paid in the club in DC. Why is that? Why is that? Because I, the New York rates have been going down. I heard. Yeah, I heard that too. Like motherfuckers are paying, getting paid four hundred for a whole night, yeah. even less to like open, and those were like, I mean, New York was pretty, pretty competitive back yeah. in the day, but they weren't taking advantage of DJs like they are now. I feel like you I know? think it's because the I think it's because it's just bus wide open where everybody everybody has a laptop. And yeah, yeah. Anybody can walk in there and just the saturation of it. Yeah, <clears throat> anybody can just get. The top 150 songs and, and everybody want to get put on everybody want to work so yeah yeah i mean i don't know the the, the rates here the rates here are just astronomically higher than, than dc mm-hmm. and i was like i can work less and make the same amount and I, if and not i feel more. like this this like the standards of living in, in dc is expensive more expensive yeah way, yeah way more expensive i think it's uh if it's not one now it was one in top uh the most expensive uh City to live in in, in the country at really one, at one point yeah, yeah. Um, I think San Francisco yeah. might be number no one. Yeah. no no yeah. the 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 housing cost in San Francisco is one uh-huh. the living in order to live that means gas oh yeah that means gas groceries expenses yeah, everything. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, DC, oh, DC it's, might be the yeah, highest and it's, it's insane oh wow like um here you live downtown or whatever across from the arena you get a two bedroom. Maybe twenty two, twenty five hundred dollars. That's whatever. not bad at all. Yeah. Bad. DC, you live downtown, four thousand for one bedroom, thirty five hundred for yeah, one yeah. bedroom. That's like New York shit. That's yeah, definitely yeah, some LA yeah. prices. That's yeah. some LA shit too. <laughs> yeah. It's gnarly, yeah. man. 
So, so coming out to DC, you had to like there was a learning curve with the oh, yeah, Latin music, yeah, right? Yes, yeah. I mean not just the Latin stuff. Uh, that was one aspect, but then also house and EDM, like yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I got a good amount of house and EDM too. Uh-huh. Uh, Jerome and I made it a thing to like learn though like that side of the that side of like club DJing. As I mean, well. Yeah, explain like, we that. Would, explain that though. We we would literally. Wednesday afternoon, just like yo, get up and go to park where he where he used to play. Yeah, yeah. Um, and go upstairs and and just run all EDM tunes and try to f- fine tune a set. Um, because just to be well, just to be able, to, yeah, just to be able to, yeah. you know, if you get an opportunity, just to be able to play, you know. And we also wanted to travel. At that point, I wanted to like travel as a DJ, and uh-huh. da, da, da. I guess that's, you know, the the end goal for a lot of up and coming open format DJs wanna get on the road. Not now I looking back, that was not what I wanted to do. It's yeah. not anything that I like It seems um, like the formula, right? But yeah. it's not yeah. I mean once I once I want I went on the road with an artist, not to get off onto a tan- go off on a tangent, but no, no. um we're all about tangents over here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get back to it because I have a point about the learning curve of music. Yeah, yeah. Uh so once I went out on the road with an artist, um I saw that bouncing from city to city and not having any time for yourself to just just self-care just the basic shit you know yeah. what i'm saying and it's not something uh, that i wanted to was do was that so. when you were touring with allison uh no this a- after i was touring with uh chas french we actually uh went on two tours with gold link and um oh, and uh shout out to gold link that's my dog um and and then we went on a tour like um two months or a month and a half, something with Freddie Gibbs. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And did the whole West Coast from the top all the way down to the bottom and over to uh, Denver. But it was just, um, it was too much. I was like, I, I would rather just, you know, create something where I am, which we'll get to that later too, and and just build up my mm-hmm. name in the city that I'm in and, you know, whatever. When I get a chance to travel, I will, but I don't want, I didn't want to do the whole management travel route. Da, da, da. So when you started touring, you realized like, this is not the lifestyle I want to have yeah, at no, all. I like to be comfortable sometimes. Like, yeah. I mean, most times, like <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> not sometimes, most times I like to be comfortable yeah, yeah. and like that road is not comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, mentioned gold link. Did you like see his like, like up and coming days and shit like for that? For sure. We were on tour before he ever did uh, the, Crew. A show we did, you know, way before Crew, okay. uh, maybe like a couple of years, two years before Crew, we went on, we went on an East Coast tour and did uh, two shows in New York, one in Brooklyn, one in Manha- Manhattan. Uh, went up to Boston, did a show, did one more city, and then uh, I can't remember which city, and then we did Chicago, uh, Philly, and uh, the Philly show at the end it was maybe eighty-five, a hundred people. Oh sure, like. Yeah. Way before he he got yeah, to yeah. where he where he was, and that's kind of how we developed a relationship because it was from nothing. We were all out there like just grinding, grinding on yeah. that road, yeah. But to get back to what I was saying about the learning curve, and I was having this conversation last night with a bunch of DJs, bunch of um, I don't know if you heard of the Love Below Collective down here. Yeah, um, I've heard of it. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So it's a bunch of dope DJs. I randomly was over the crib while they were having a meeting and doing some pod, uh, live mix uh, stuff. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about records, those maybe like Mystical Been So Long or what was the name of that song? Danger. Danger. Yeah. And uh, what's the other one? Shake Ass. Yeah. And they were, they somebody played it in Serato or whatever. And I was like, bro, I never played that record once in my life. Neither really? one of them. Never yeah. once. Because the first eight years of me DJing, I'm playing in DC 
there was no reason to play that record. That was a throwaway. Like it was, you what, were. What year it, was this? You started DJing. Uh, I started DJing in 2010. Um, first time I, I bought all the equipment the end of 20, uh, 2009. Mm -hmm. And I started practicing and then I got my first gig in 2010. Yeah, by that time, that, work, that record might have been a wash. Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. That nobody, was was, nobody was playing that by That was eight years yeah. later after the release. Okay, so. Like 10 years later. In Miami, <laughs> you can, depend on where you are, in a, in a, in a, on maybe like in the, on the Wynwood side, not on the beach, but depending on where you are, you can get that record off and it's going to get a good reaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In DC, there was no, there's, I don't even need to, yeah, the, like you have to be either one of the first opening songs you play or yeah. don't play it at all. <laughs> yeah. But it actually became a big crossover record to the point where it was a big white, like white club yeah. record. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think when clubs cross over there, sometimes their play, playable factor it gets it put, gets put in like the cheesy chest. Yeah, the for, cheesy for, for us. Yeah, for you know sure. What I'm saying? That's how that's where it was. In but DC. The, but there's songs like Nelly Hot in here, right? Like that would oh, be cheesy. But that yeah, ride with me. I don't me think I play. Sure. I don't yeah. think I play ride with me in DC. Yeah. No, I don't think can. I play hot in here in DC. But for some reason, and if you go to LA, that's kind of like a throwback two thousand. I'm saying, yeah. you know, when, I, when yeah. I came to Miami, there were songs like Ja Rule. I literally never played Ja Rule in DC, <laughs> not one time. <laughs> no, they would. It never happened. So you started DJing in 2010. But he yeah. started like around the EDM takeover era. The, yeah. the, if you were going mm -hmm. to the, if you were playing at white clubs, it was hip hop. It was it was the new hip hop and. EDM yeah. mixed together in, yeah. in, in 11, 12. Well, I probably got into the clubs maybe 12, 13. And then if you were playing the black clubs, and, and by that time I was closing, I wasn't opening as much. Um, I'm playing all the rec the new records on the radio. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like, what, what do I need Nelly for? What do I need Ja Rule? Come here. And it's like, yo, you get your Nelly shit off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for melody. real. Yeah. yeah. Five, five Nelly songs. Yeah. Now. It's like Ja Rule never played it. I mean, it's a bunch of records in that vein. Interesting. That it's, really, I, yeah. it's really interesting to hear that because to me, Mystical teaming up with the Neptunes yeah. was so ground. Yeah. It, it was, was so groundbreaking it was when it happened. Yeah. Like when I heard Shake Your Ass, we were like, what? What is this? That like, was the first time uh, Pharrell really got with a down south artist, right? Yeah, but it was just yeah, Mystical's yeah. voice with the Neptune's beats. Yeah. And we were just like, yo, what the yep. fuck is this? Like, people were calling it like James Brown, yeah. like modern day 2000 mm -hmm. James Brown. So, so, what year did that come out? 2000, 2001? Uh, you're the 2000. year guy. It's okay. like 2000, so that was, 2001. Yeah. I don't even think I knew what a DJ was in 2001. September 26, 2000. Yeah. I, I wasn't even, like, I was in the club, but I wasn't paying attention to no DJ. I didn't know what a DJ was. I didn't know where the music was coming from. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I was chasing chicks around the club. Like, that's, I didn't, yeah. like, that was not even on my radar to become a DJ. That was not something that I wanted to do. Wait, so, so you not knowing what a DJ was in 2000, right? What made you want to become a DJ 10 years later? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, Full um, while growing up, I was a musician. So I was a drummer. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, I was a percussionist and, and I played a little bit. Jerome of says you on some like Quest Love shit. I mean, something like that. I, yeah. I played in every band you could think of. Yeah, the, the fro and shit, like, too? Yeah. Not, uh, I did have, actually, yeah. My hair was, like, long and shit down here, but I didn't have a fro. Um, but, yeah, I played in every every band you could think of up until um, up until college. Wow. And even go-go bands, jazz. I did a lot of Afro, uh, Afro-Latin jazz shit. Wow. Um, uh, marching band, uh, 
like even classical jazz shit. Um, and I went to I went to school on a music scholarship uh-huh. for drums, whatever. And I put it down. I started working right after college. Put it down for a while. And then in my late twenties, I started to do events with my boys, mm-hmm. and we were doing these underground um, warehouse events. And we were literally just three of us. We would Friday night. Is this the uh, Con Artist Guild? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We had a crew called the Con Artist Guild, and, and uh, that's an interesting we, name. It is, uh, and I don't even. I'm not even going to go <laughs> go into. Sounds, go into how it was. Well, y'all were do, y'all were doing events for like ten plus years, right? We been, we were doing events for a while. Yeah. Um, like from co- we started in college before we even had a name. We were just throwing house parties, but like legit house parties, door cover, DJ in the crib, bar, cash bar. Wait, like, explain these house parties. It would be a random house or someone's we, crib. Okay, so myself and my three boys, my three best friends in college, lived in a row house. Um, four bedroom row house. So this is during Howard, right? Yeah, Howard, yeah. At, at Howard. Um, four bedroom row house, and we would just hit everybody up. Yo, come through. Somebody knew uh, one of my boys knew a DJ. At, even at this time, I was like, whoever this guy is, whatever he does, I don't know what he brings to this, but cool. Uh-huh. I didn't think I it never put it together that this is like the heartbeat of the party. Yeah, yeah. don't know DJ. what to speak really? for. But yeah, sure. <laughs> even though on, you bro. were drumming and you were, I never music. played with a DJ. I was a live musician. I was like. I knew what a guitar player was. But, but you would understand that music is kind of important to any kind of... Yeah, but yeah. not in the club. Really? No, I wasn't worried about you the music. You didn't put two into it. It just didn't make any sense. I wasn't yeah. worried about the music. I was chasing chicks around the club for mm. years. I didn't care. <laughs> uh, I mean, if my song came on, that was tight. Yeah. But like, I didn't know where it came from. All right, so 2000, I, what would have been your song if it came out? In what year? I mean, whatever, when you were doing Whenever these parties. Whenever you were running around yeah, yeah. chasing the chicks. Oh, like, some, some soft shit. Like, so like 2002, uh, 2004. <sighs> Oh, um, uh, Ti's first album, trap music. Uh, mm. What you know? Twenty four. I, I could rap that word for word. So you was you club. was really on some like, not backpack. Like would it, it would be like a New York backpack underground rap, but you was but into for the like, South. but for the South, you yeah. like that. You didn't want that commercial South shit. You wanted like. Bro, the I have gritty. every Project Pat album that he ever put out. Yeah. I'm talking about okay. up until now. Yeah, I know every I know song number seventeen on the Project Pat album yeah. from ninety seven. And you were listening to Pastor Troy albums for sure. Okay, yeah. I think that's that's pretty un, like Project Pat. That's yeah, like amazing. down south yeah. underground shit. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. he had one song that I knew of. Yeah, are we cutting? Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> that was like the radio joint. That wasn't even a joint. That's the only that we one I would with. know. That's the only yeah. one I would know. No, 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 no. I don't yeah. even know if this new generation or anybody knows what are we cutting. That Timberland. I, honestly, record. I don't know it. Really? I know, I know him as an artist, but that I don't was, know specific That was his song. biggest song. Are We Cutting was it? That, well, that, that beat was, was crazy. On the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. What was, was the one yeah. that Timberland oh, produced? That's that Are We Cutting. Are We Cutting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I used to double up on that shit, yeah. but we would boom, only boom. play it. We wouldn't play it full, like knowing full well, 90% of the crowd wouldn't know what the fuck it is yeah. in New York. People just don't associate DC with the South, though. Yeah, they so don't. They think White House. They think yeah, colleges. For, for sure. You know I mean, they don't. They think East Coast. Like, I think East yeah, Coast. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. think. Yeah, people think East Coast, but it's not that. I, I mean, ju- not. I, I jumble it up with like Philly, nah, Detroit. Not, yeah, I, I put nah. it all together. You know. Nah, nah, yeah. nah. We 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 more we we um are more akin to uh Southern Virginia, North, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even even down as far as yeah, to Atlanta. I can see that. Yeah. I drove to Atlanta more times, which is a ten-hour drive, than I've ever driven to New York yeah. from DC. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, like that was not even a, New York was a New York was East Coast. Yeah. To me. I know. You say and you don't rock with New York. I know. Nah, I ain't say that, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's from the South. <laughs> That's an edit point right there. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> keep that in. I keep that. Pause. <laughs> we, we, yeah, pause. Major pause on that. <laughs> how so cracking you, were the uh, Howard Homecomings when you were there? Um, Some of my most memories I've been in DC, I've gone maybe like two or three times. You was out in the Howard Homecoming? Yeah. Of course yeah, it was. I was like, is that even a fucking oh, like question? From like, I think I went in a row from like 07 to like 2010. Would you? Oh shit. Really? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I probably only did the th three years out of the four years that I was at college and uh -huh. then afterwards, I just, because I had a really bad college experience. So, oh, okay. um, I wasn't really fucking with Howard after that, but they were epic while I was there. Yeah. Um, but that just wasn't a thing for me afterwards because um how literally you seen the movie drumline yeah that's, that's my life somebody yeah. wrote that somebody saw oh, my, wow. my college experience and wrote that had to it's verbatim like what happened to me in college wow so you um, was like the rebel drummer yeah on the drumline yeah you were like shit. hitting other people's shit. drums and shit and fighting <laughs> Damn, I, we, we didn't, I don't think i fought but you're the real um, nick cannon I was definitely mechanic. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah they were, I was like the outcast in the drumline, and I was the. Uh, it was I was like one one of the more talented, if not the most talented, dude that came into mm -hmm. uh, the school that year, and the only guy was the most senior member on the on the on the line, and he gave me shit, and then they wanted me to uh, join a fraternity, like a band fraternity. I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm not joining. You're not. I'm not delivering nobody like all the brown peanut M and M's. Like that's yeah, the type yeah, of shit yeah. they. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whatever. So they pretty much made me the outcast uh, of the band. We'd be in a bus going south to some school, and the whole bus would be chanting like some song about me. Like the whole bus, everybody oh, in really? the band. Yeah, and it was just dumb. I was like, like straight, what, like, straight bully shit. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you can. You wasn't bullying me because, like I. One he's uh, like six that, two. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't like y'all could do that, but but that wasn't really. I, I knew I was confident in who I was. I yeah, mean, yeah. I was still young, so I was. But I wasn't worried about it. I just left, and then I just never really got acclimated because most of my time, my first semester, was spent. Not most of it, probably ninety nine percent. Almost all of my time was spent with the band the first semester. After that, I never really got acclimated. I just went back to what I knew, which was my folks from school. I mean, from home. And I was one foot in, one foot out. Um, but getting back to what we were saying about uh, the Con Artists Guild, so yeah. we were throwing the, part, the house parties and shit. And on the, um, up to maybe my later 20s, we started throwing these warehouse events. Literally just would get on the phone and send texts out to everybody we knew, uh, address, 411 New York Avenue. I'll never forget this. 411 New York Avenue, 10 p.m. 350, 400 people would show up. Um, and we would party till five in the morning in a warehouse. And the DJ, <clears throat> the DJ, he was dope. D DJ Awa, he was like, he played a bunch of, um, I can't even really explain it, but, well, it was like, you know, Sara Creative Partners and uh, Flying Lotus and a bunch of uh, trip hop and indie stuff. It no. Was, no. It, oh, really? No, I, know, okay. I know Flying Taz, Lotus. Uh, you know Taz Arnold? Yeah. Okay. Taz Arnold was in Sarah. Like it was some super the designer, right? Yeah. 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 Super, super like left field, creative, like hip hop, so like funk and Thundercat. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that type shit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he was playing all this, and I was like, all right, that's cool. And and when it got time to like party, he couldn't really hold it down as much as I, you know, as yeah. we wanted. But um, and I was like, yo, if if he could do this, like, why can't I do this? Mm. And all my friends were like, yeah, why don't you just DJ? And I was like, I mean, all right. So I bought, I maxed out a credit card, bought all the equipment, tape, turntables, Pioneer uh, DJM 400, um, needles, new computer. Did you get everything. techniques? When you got yeah, your- techniques, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought everything, like, legit. Um, and a month later, like, two months later, I had a gig in New York. Uh, and then... A year and a half later, I won the Red Bull shit. Oh wow! Damn. Yeah. Uh, you quick uh, learner. <laughs> two, yeah. Uh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Like a year and a half later. Uh, well, wow. it definitely helps when, like, <clears throat> I think when you have a, like a like a percussion background where you yeah. know you can count bars. Yeah. You yeah. know exactly. Yeah. Like mixing records. Like if a, if if you give a like a kid with no musical background, if you just have them try to learn DJing. They don't know bars. They don't know yeah. a one-two count. You know what I mean? They don't know a snare and a kick. When you know when yeah. to mix and how to match the BPMs. And yeah. You, and you already had first all first of that. two yeah. records I I uh, put in the uh, on the decks in Serato. Yeah. I could beat match them in like a couple minutes. Yeah. It was like and it, then it the waveforms helped as well. I don't mean personally. I don't. I, I hate looking at the waveforms. It just mm-hmm. throws me off. I don't. I'm all ear. But I've always been ear. Even playing the piano when I was younger, I played by ear. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even read um, uh, drum music, which is a lot easier than like uh, piano music or whatever. I couldn't read that. I just played everything by ear. Damn, oh, wow. that happens in the drum line too. He doesn't know how to read music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to tell you that was my story for sure. Damn. I gotta know who who wrote that shit. Maybe yeah, yeah. that motherfucker yeah. was Wasn't watching that, um, me. Dallas Austin, Maybe, huh? Dallas Austin. Oh, that was about yeah. him, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! I you didn't might know be that. The, the new Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because you said I can't read the music. I was like, that happened too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah. So then that's how you got into DJing, pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I actually needed a. At the time, I was working in retail. I don't know. Uh, I know it wasn't up north, but it was out west, up against the wall. Yep. You remember up against I the wall? I used to shop there in high school. Oh, shit. Okay. I worked there for uh, seven years, and um, I ran a bunch of stores. I was like store manager. I was actually going to move to Vegas. They were opening one in Vegas, mm. and I was going to uh, move, and they did some business deal that pretty much bottomed out the company. Oh, And wow. uh, the December, two, like the month after I started practicing DJing, the company went under. Mm-hmm. So I ain't have nothing. So I had to get to it. I was like, it was also like an urgency to get good at DJing mm-hmm. because I had to make some money. I didn't have no plan after that. I was going to go work at like, what, downtown locker room or some shit like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so then is that that you just like you went from promoting parties to DJing them and promoting the parties pretty nah, much? I start when I first started, uh, I was just straight DJing. Like I was I was a sponge for the first six six or seven years i think of djing yeah. i would just um jerome and i f- first of all shout out to jerome because if it would if jerome wouldn't have taken me under his wing i wouldn't have gotten anywhere i learned everything from jerome i was about like, to ask you where did, did you get all your music from like, m- music i had a bunch of music because i was you know i was a you know, I collected not records, but I collected music like MP3s and yeah. you know every yeah. album. I worked at a record store too, uh, not at a record store, but uh, remember like a Tower Records or yeah. FYE. Yeah. It was called FYE for your entertainment, but yeah, yeah. they didn't sell vinyl. But you know, whatever. 
Um, so I collected music, but then just throughout the first couple of years, just you know, chopping it with with um, with DJs and getting getting a couple tracks here, getting a couple tracks there, mm -hmm. downloading a bunch of stuff. Here's my hard drive. Here's yours. Da da da. Whatever. That's that's how I got the uh, the music. But just in the beginning, I was just literally in the booth watching DJ. I wouldn't even be drinking. I'd just be standing there watching DJs. You don't even know. I watched you before. Oh, I've really? been at park next to that booth watching you DJ. <laughs> Damn. 100%. What the fuck is this guy playing? Like, what is he doing right now? Because Julie, Julie was my homie. And, oh, yeah. Shout out to Julie Kim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, cousin, uh, my cousin was the head of security at park. Um, so I used to be there all the time. I saw you. We used to get on. The, we used to get in the car, drive up to Atlantic City, buy a table at uh, Murmur, uh -huh. and watch Ross One, wow. just to hear Ross One DJ. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Andy Rock the Con, uh, who else? Five. Yeah. I've, three years in a row, I waited in line to get in the Peach Fuzz to watch uh, Dizza DJ. Wow. Um, I saw fashion. I heard y'all talking about fashion. Uh, one uh, one time, Jerome and I went down there. Yeah. Fashion got us in the peach fuzz. Literally, just sat there and listened to the DJ the whole night. Right. So I was a sponge. Such, such an important part of yeah. the process of For becoming, sure. mm -hmm. and it doesn't end. No, like it never ends. No, like no. going out to hear other DJs is a thing. Is the best thing be you done. could ever do. Yeah. It's like the best thing you could ever do, and you're in the scene. And it yeah. gets you out there to like mingle with people. You never know like, who you're gonna meet. You yeah. never know what conversation you're gonna have gonna lead to a gig or lead lead to another opportunity that Absolutely. leads to, a, to yeah. a gig down the road. You know, nothing um, gets. I mean, a lot of shit gets done at home, obviously, but like you have to go out and hear what motherfuckers are doing for sure to open your mind about shit. Because if mm -hmm. you just stay home and do shit, you become this closed-minded DJ, and you don't become really open, and it doesn't become like. It becomes more of a community when you're going out to see other DJs and yeah. support them and, and doing all that shit. And mm -hmm. it's like in Vegas, we always say this, yo. If you if your gigs are getting cold, go out more. Like yeah, mm -hmm. be sure. seen. Get like some yep. of these promoters don't see you and then like yeah. they'll be like, Oh shit, yeah. like I haven't seen you they, in a minute. They forget Wait. about yeah. you if they don't see you. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, for sure. And they're we, not trying to book you and you get like yeah. then we, you get no work. <laughs> I, I remember uh Jerome and I drove up to New York or caught a bus or whatever up to New York and wound up in some random like the basement part of a hotel or something um watching some dj short asian dude playing on a rotary mixer playing house yeah all night long and we just it was just that we just went we don't even play that type of house music yeah. but you never know what little tricks you can pick up and he's playing on a rotary mixer like i've never played on a rotary mixer there's no reason for me to do that in the club but you just never know what little things you're gonna pick up from watching a dj and I still do it to this day. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I'm always got my eye on. Have you ever spun on a rotary mixer? Mm -mm. No, no. What about you guys? Never. No. Nope. Kind of miss think, it sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I do. For real? Yeah. Once in a while, yeah, I wouldn't mind messing with it. What's the mixer. What's the upside? The The mixes are just so smooth. Yeah. So like, uh, and then you can just kind of like you know, you can kind of just tease things a little bit more. Yeah. And it it makes you a little bit more sharper. On like just a little like on on your movements, yeah, you're a little bit more graceful, and you're just kind of more aware of the the little minor sounds that you're doing, mm -hmm. and just yeah. it's just it, it is fun because it just simplifies everything to just volumes, yeah, and knobs and controls, and you're just kind of like turning one up, turning one down. Oh, I want this bass line to hit. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in, you know, I'm gonna tease some of this in there, and then 
it's just like super fun, man. Yeah, I know. But if you can try it, I mean, I don't think you need to do a whole night with it. But yeah, like if you if you yeah. do it, you'll you'll start being like, oh, okay, this is kind of dope. Like, and the sound quality on those mixers are That's bar none. And what, is, what been that? When you play when you playing on that rotary mixer, you just stick in the house, or you still playing like? No, it was all, it was always oh, always in the club. They were way too yeah. expensive to buy. They were no, so no, 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 no. I mean like house music. I know. I used to do hip hop also. Oh, yeah. for but they they made for house music, but. Yeah. In New York, a lot of hip hop DJs was um, DJing with it because the clubs had. That's what the clubs had. Yeah, yeah. they didn't yeah. have any cross It was literally yeah. like yeah. screwed into the DJ booth. Oh shit! Yeah, so like all the DJ booths in New York, probably in the like the big clubs from the '90s to the early 2000s, were all built for house. So that's mm-hmm. leftover from the '70s, late '70s and '80s. Well, probably from the '80s, 80s. to so '90s, the 80s and 90s. '90s, yeah, '90s, yeah. So in oh, the 2000s, we were on rotary mixers. And we were in, like, I would have to do, like, you know, the Roxy. Yeah. And I'd be intimidated as fuck. It'd be, like, this huge club. And I'd have to spin hip-hop. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is fucking, this is, like, the hardest shit I've ever had to do. By the end of the night, I was having fun. And then I would have, like, I would see Flex get on and just completely rock the crowd, do spin doubles, transform somehow on knobs. I don't know how to fuck you. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he's, that shit to me is insane. Yeah, I don't know how he. I did seen that, that shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? On knobs, he's transforming. You see, speaking of some crazy shit like that, did you see that video of J Rock playing on that? Oh my god! But the shit like that, do you understand what I'm saying? Bro, like, that was that insane. was crazy. Where J Rock yeah. was juggling. Uh, what, what was he? He was just juggling in the studio on the yeah. big PA board. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> two turntables next to each with other with no mixer and, yeah with no mixer and no headphone just and, and just not knowing what's going on in either side of the records yeah. and then playing a little bit of it and then saying okay i know where it is at the record and yeah i gotta bring, you know and dropping shit and just was it jumping. on vinyl or he had like a, it was a vinyl it was vinyl vinyl wow man. yeah so he was just so like he just dropping the needle on the record he knew well, exactly he had, he had two he was, of the same records uh-huh. right and then he was juggling but then yeah. he would bring it back and he he would bring it forward to maybe like the beginning of the verse uh-huh. he'd lift up the sound a little bit yeah okay where's the record at where's the song at the, the oh, okay it's over here okay and then he just kind of double it up and keep going back and forth Shit was crazy epic yeah. epic video like i was like this is insane like yeah, yeah like this is like, this is it's one of those times when i saw flex on knobs and i was like this is fucking bananas, man. Mm-hmm. I'd like shout to that motherfucker. Shout yes. to Flex yep. for OGs and stuff like that. But yeah, that's one of those things where it's like it would be interesting for you guys to try it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Just because I mean, I'm I think, down for yeah, sure. I think y'all would like. I think y'all would kill that shit. Y'all yeah. probably take it to another level. Yeah, yeah. So you were doing these parties. Was this when you started the Feel Good like the crew? That was later on. Yeah. Um, so like I said, the first probably like six or seven years, I was just strictly working on DJing. Yeah. And then um, a couple years before I moved here, um, a, a homie of mine hit me up about <clears throat> about coming together and doing a party, uh-huh. uh, which I didn't want to do because at the time I was already playing six nights a week. I was like, another party? And like, it's a like a Thursday night and you want to do like throwback shit in the club. And w- what is this going to get me? What, 200 bucks? Like... You know, because right, right. it's not like a bottle service thing. It's like, you know, the budget's not that high, whatever. And he was like, nah, just partner with me and, and we'll and we'll just split everything down the middle. So whatever the door does and whatever the bar percentage we get, mm-hmm. we'll split the shit. So it's like, all right, whatever. First couple of weeks, it was like throwback, like 90s hip hop. And it was cool, but it was just there was no there was no room for growth, you know, w- with that um with with that format 
in that space. Uh-huh. So I I made um <clears throat> I I took the chance and opened up the format to just anything good music, any good music shit right, that you right. can think of from any genre, from any yeah. era, but just never more than like three songs in one genre or like in a row. Like try uh-huh. to just con- constantly <clears throat> Move constantly around. move around yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's exactly yeah. what i was saying. constantly moving around in and out of genres in and out of uh artists whatever eliminate um, the predictability of e- everything exactly like what you do exactly yeah. whatever you think you're supposed to hear in the club you're not about to hear that and it was i mean ultimately it was a knock of um kind of a knock uh from rock creek social club and what jerome and them did uh with good life except for good life was more it was super indie hipster like they were a little bit more left uh, center than we were. You Explain. Know? Can you like name okay, some so, songs or like yeah? So uh, I mean, I remember you. You know, um, Million Dollar Mano. The he used to be Kanye's DJ from Chicago. Um, all right, whatever. I, know, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He played. Uh, he played there one day, and he was like, he 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 was going from like Baltimore club shit to like uh, Oasis to like fucking nerd to kid cuddy and you uh-huh. know just like to uh santa gold and you know just like a right right hodgepodge to i just want to love you jay-z i just want to love you you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. not in that order it doesn't you know i'm just this right, off the right. top but whatever um and it was just a, a a mix of um and this was also when trap edm was just kind yeah. of sizzling a little bit yeah yeah, not even where people knew what it was like that first major laser i forget the uh, name of the the first major laser trap remix whatever it was at that time and so you they were mixing in a bunch of that stuff and um it was more underground than we still stick 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 to or stuck to um club shit so you where in a club in 2015 in dc you're not gonna hear we gonna make it, you know what I'm saying? Jada Kiss and Styles. I mean Styles. Or, yeah. yeah, whatever. We mm-hmm. gonna make it or yeah. knock yourself out or uh, or Jay Z Allure or mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You're not gonna hear that shit in the club peak time, 2015 in DC. Mm-hmm. We wanted to play those records in the club on top of some new shit, on top of some dance hall, some other shit, blah blah. blah. So it wasn't as far left. Like we're not playing Senegal, but we're still. Whatever. So it was like a hip hop head, like kind yeah, of party, I mean, right? Yeah, it was just like it, an open minded hipster hip hop head. A little, yeah, 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 for yeah, sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. So that's we we did that for four years uh, at a spot called Rose Bar in DC, um, and then once I moved, I moved in the middle of that. Two in two years into that, I moved to Miami, but I still would go home. The first year in Miami, living here in Miami, yeah, yeah. I went home twice a week, twice a month. So every other Thursday, I was flying back home to do that and then I kept my weekend gigs in DC I would just fly back Thursday do uh feel good Mm -hmm. Friday back in the club Saturday in the club Sunday in the club come back to Miami on Monday chill here Monday sounds like the tour life DJ life that you didn't want (laughs) 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 I mean but it it was a difference because I had to do it because I didn't know you know how that money was going to come down here or how how consistently it was going to come down here so I had to I had to just do it um and then that grew into a following. Like people really fucked with uh, the sh- the shit that we were doing, and uh-huh. and um, 
I will branch out and, and collab with other people like Rock Creek Social and whatever and do uh, more and more events. And then I started a party in Miami Sundays at Koyo called Baby Girl. It started off as an all R&B party. Um, started it here and it was just amazing. Like the vibe was. When did you uh, start that? Uh, uh, I moved here 16. I started that in 17, the uh-huh. top of 17. And it was, it was like you could play Keisha Cole Love peak time. Wow. Cut the music out and everybody in the club is singing right. every lyric. Like mm. you don't have to go like tease a, it back up or anything. Just let it go. Like Stop. a like a real R and B head yeah, yeah. party. It was it was it was amazing. But I was also playing at Wood Tavern on Sundays, so it was taking a lot out of me to do both. Mm-hmm. So I, I deaded it and I passed it on to a um the dude who played uh, with me every week. So he still does it, does a party like that. It's called Lovers and Friends, Sundays at Coyo. Okay. Geo, late night, that's his name. Um, okay. Dope young boy coming up. Um, <clears throat> and then I took that to DC. I took Baby Girl to DC, which was another party underneath the collective of Feel Good. And where it was maybe 100, 150 people in the night in Miami, it turned into six, 700, 800 people in, right. in DC. Same vibe. Everything it was fucking awesome. Eighty percent women, which is always uh, good. Bro, it's <laughs> great. Yeah. It's great. Um, you didn't even have to chase them anymore. <laughs> right, <laughs> they're just coming to you. Yeah. So uh, and then feel good. You know, just expanded into doing a bunch of other shit. We have another monthly called uh, Good Company, and it's um, it's like a good music party as well. But we also feature uh, local photographers, and what we do is we we buy. Um, disposable cameras and give the photographers disposables. We give them, we also give them a bottle and a table section uh-huh. to party and drink and let them just, you know, take a, take their own um, flicks, flicks yeah. through the night, but not having the pressure of like, I'm the, the photographer for the night and I have to be, you know, it's just like, you know, here, how you're here with us, like right. in good company, like take, take some flicks and um, have some fun. Yeah, have some fun. That? So we, we we also do that. Looking um, back, how how important do you think it, is it that you started your own party? Super important. And is it if is it something you would regret now if you didn't? If you just kept being a working guy, a working DJ? Well, I, I don't think I don't think I would have regretted it because I didn't even know that I should do that. But right. again, here comes Jerome. Well, you were hesitant a little bit yeah, yeah. because you were like, I don't, you know. But, but why, why yeah. am I going to do that for $200, yeah, yeah. you know? And it and turned into something that was very lucrative for me and, right. still, and still is even when I don't live there. And it built a brand around you and it built a following around you, right? And it allows me to have some uh, currency when I walk into a room with people or, or you know, in, in terms of like trying to get other gigs. I have a stable, I have something, I have a market, you know what I'm saying? I have uh-huh. something to bring. I'm not just a, no knock to the nine to five quote unquote nine to five DJs, you yeah. know, but um, I have something else to bring. And and I mean, it's put me in a bunch of rooms that I thought I never would be in. I didn't think I would be starting a, a collective with four other, the some of the best DJs I know, Addy, MoMA. Uh, oh, we call yeah. those the Avengers around here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you guys, are, you guys are starting like the, an Avengers party, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You Basically a collective. Like we're Sean just gonna, G. Yeah, me, Sean from G LA. from, from yeah. LA, yeah. Uh, MoMA from Moma. New York, Everyday People, Silent Addy. He has Silent his, Addy. He has his own thing called Bashment down here. We're actually gonna have him on the show in okay. a couple of days. Yeah, it's the homie. Um, and then Dizza. Yeah. So we each have our. Not only do we DJ, but we all have our own collective too. Right. Sean G with Shaba, Addy with Bashment, 
Dizzle with Peach Fuzz, Moment Everyday People, and me, that Feel Good crew. Mm. Um, so Shell Corporation. Right? Shell Corporation is the name. Yeah, the first one's at SNS Bar on uh, uh, on Saturday, Saturday right? in New York. But we're gonna do it. New York, Miami, LA, Jamaica. Such a capitalist name. Oh, dope. Yeah. We're yeah. at in Jamaica. <laughs> Kingston. That's where Addie's from. So we're okay. gonna try to get that off. Um, That's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So. That's yeah. It's it's one of those things where I keep telling a lot of frustrated DJs like, yo, the rates are so low, we can't find work, and I'm like, yo, make your own. Do your own shit. All of y'all motherfuckers, <laughs> stop trying to fight each other for the work. Get together with the motherfuckers you get along with and start a party. Create it, yeah. 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 And then you guys can create your own do-over or whatever the fuck. Do whatever whatever people, you want. Yeah, or play whatever you want to play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And then it builds leverage for the bigger clubs to hire you because they're like, yo, they got this following. They mm-hmm. got a name and a brand in our city. So we're yeah. going to like... They're going to bring their following and we're going to support them or whatever and give them work. Yeah. Well, before I even did that, I was a part of Rock Creek Social Club with Jerome. Right. I was there, one of their resident DJs and I was just a part of the, the, the collective, too. And he would always instill that in me. Like Jerome mm-hmm. would always tell me, man, you, you know, like you, you, you have to create something of your own. You have, a, have to have a platform to stand on right. aside from being a DJ. Everybody's a DJ, you know. So how, how <clears throat> what did in, what did Jerome Big the Third do for you like i mean and you said you would watch all these djs you would watch all of us yeah but you know and i've i've listened to jerome and he's probably has one i would say he's one of the top five djs that i know with selection yeah like his selection is bar none better than uh a lot of djs even from an opening set to a prime time yeah. set he has one of the best selections but i want to know what you got what like you, what you took from him Learning to take chances in the club was a mm-hmm. big was a big thing. I mean, I didn't know so at the at, in the beginning, I didn't know what I was doing. So I was taking chances, but I was taking maybe uninformed, uneducated uh, <laughs> chances. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Playing yeah. some shit that I had no business playing. Um, but Jerome Jerome taught me how to how to incorporate those other records that you might not have thought to put in your set in a more calculated way. Right? Exactly, yeah. and that is. P- pretty much the basis of how I DJ today. No matter what room I'm in, biggest club in the in the in the world or smallest room in the, in the city, I'm always trying to find something to sneak in, even if it's just a couple songs within my regular club set that I have to play. You know, just to to switch it up to, you know, whether it's a sample or you know, or right. you know, whatever whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So he he taught me a bunch of. I mean, the, the question is, what didn't he teach me? Mm-hmm. Like. If it come, if it's DJing from the first year I started to the to I moved to until I moved to Miami, he, we, he was constantly giving me knowledge, and even still now I hit Rome up and like, yo, what do yeah, you think yeah. about this? What do he just you know I didn't know anything about the DJ business. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so I learned everything from him. That's dope. Yeah, nice. That's that's great. You know, yeah. I, I try to be a drone for uh, Jamie the Great, but <laughs> he don't want to listen to me. What happens? Yeah. What happens when motherfuckers don't want to listen to you, though? You know, I don't know. He knows everything already. You ever get those motherfuckers uh, that like sure. they start something, but they like they always, I'm good. Like I'm no, I know, I killed it Jay. last night. You, I killed it. I'm like, all right, yeah. well, you got nothing to learn then, right? It's just, you just, you just good as is. Yeah. That wasn't me. Shit. I knew I didn't know shit. <laughs> Somebody gotta have some info for me. No, yeah, yeah. You yeah. said you got into the. Um, Red Bull three style seven eight months yeah. after you started DJing. No, a year no, and a half. A year and a half. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Um, was that something that you already knew that was a route you wanted to take? No, or? I didn't even want to do it. Yeah. Um, my you hum- did it well, by the way. Hum- thank you. I guess. Well, he I won. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. too good, right? <laughs> so, no, I, no, I'm saying like selection-wise, so the way he controlled uh, the crowd. Yeah. Your timing was good, so that's why I was wondering. I was like, where the fuck? Like, your timing was really good with music, the way you were dropping shit, but now knowing that you used to do the drum, drum shit, yeah. so your timing is great. So I didn't want, I didn't want to do it, and one of the other dudes from uh, Rock Creek, Modi, I don't know if y'all know him, DC to BC, they throw a... Uh, uh, used to be a part of DC to BC. Now it's Trelectro. They throw an annual festival in DC called Trelectro mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or whatever. And he, but he lives in LA, does a bunch of shit in the music industry. Um, he hit me and was like, yo, I'm put, I'm helping them put together the Red Bull three-style thing. Like, get, get in it. And I was like, nah, man, I don't want to, like, fucking compete against, like, this is not basketball or whatever. Like, I'm not trying to compete. Like, I, that's not who I am. Like, whatever. Like, I can't even scratch. That was the first thing I, I said. I was like, yo, I can't even scratch. Maybe a little baby at the time uh-huh. I had, but that was it. Um, and he's like, no, just do it. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I, so I did it, and while well, I entered my my name, whatever, and the day of fucking all nerves, I was I had my set down. I practiced, practiced over again. Didn't scratch anything. Was just mixing a bunch of shit. And um, all these other dudes, Alize, he lives in L.A., he was – OG of OG, this motherfucker, when I first started DJing, I went in the booth, I went up to the booth, I knew him at the time, I went up to the booth and I was like, while he's DJing, not knowing, and I asked him like, yo man, like I'm trying to practice, how do you practice in this, and he just, just an idiot, right, and he, <laughs> he leans over, he leans over and he's like, oh, I don't even practice, what are you talking about, and I was like, Wow, he, my whole dreams were just shut. But he's the OG, you know what I'm saying? And he was in it. A bunch of other cats from from DC, Flips. Um, oh, I know Flips. That's the yeah, homie. Yeah, Flips, yeah. The, the homie. Uh, can't remember who else. Maybe Amin Ra was in it. I don't remember everybody. But um, so I, I I did my set and I and I'm at the last song and I look up and it's like two minutes left. I'm like, fuck. I have no clue what to do. I haven't prepared for none of this shit. Right. And um and I was like, all right, I just hit the power on the turntable and let it like, you know, slowly spin out and then I grabbed the first record, I mean the biggest record in the club at the time, which was same damn time, future same damn time. Mm-hmm. And I just dropped the shit from the top and I walked off stage. And when it hit, the whole fucking crowd went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Were you plan that shit? Like, I didn't plan it. I swear on my life, I didn't plan it. That shit sounds planned. Like, yo, Dog, I'm so I good. Had, I had, Boom. I wasn't even. I didn't even <laughs> think I was that good. I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't have no time left. I was like, yo, I gotta do something. And I just hit it, and I fucking dropped that shit. Walked off the stage, and then I peeked back, and ev- the room is just. <laughs> going like this and you I ran dead. I ran back and jumped in the crowd <laughs> mosh with the crowd wow. none of this was planned this and sounds very planned I swear it was not planned um, it's like have that walks away <laughs> and I'll jump back up like grab my shit walked off and I was just like still all nerves I was still completely nervous and uh my boy Quinn um Spicoli you know Spicoli he's I heard him. yeah um he was like bro I think you won it and I was like, all right, man, shut the fuck up. Like, right, give me something to drink. I'm on to get out of here. What time is this shit over? Yeah. And then I went on stage, and, and uh, uh, Mayor Hawthorne was one of the judges or something. And he, he, 
He said I won, and I was blown away. I was completely blown away. I was like, "Yo, I just make a hot dog. I like it." <laughs> uh, but but that that opportunity when I won that, we went to the we went to the U.S. finals in Orlando, and that's where I met Zach Four Color Zach. Yeah, yeah. Who's now like my boy, my homie. Great dude. Yeah, great dude. Great dude. Love that dude. Um, Everyone thinks he's a nice guy. He's actually one of the biggest assholes I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, you know, he has this appearance of being a nice guy. But if you get to know him, he's a, he's a no, real asshole. Yeah. Look at that frat boy look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout to Zach. Yeah. And Zach kicked my ass in the finals. And then that's, you know. That was that. You know, then he became. If you had to get your ass kicked, you know. Of course. Zach is the one. Zach is the dude for sure. Yeah. He won the whole thing. He was yeah. doing shit I couldn't even fathom. I couldn't even scratch at the time. He didn't throw a dildo at you, did he? <laughs> no, no. Because <laughs> he did that. Wait, it was actually at the finals. Was it? He threw a dildo at who? He started it, throwing dildos. It wasn't that one. Though. Oh, it was the San Francisco one. Yeah. It was like the main one. It was like it was, the, it was the, the world final one. That he he was started throwing fucking dildos at people. Yeah. At his, uh, at his gig, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> he was fucking, traveling fucking to Zach. TSA with fucking dildos. Looking like, back at it now, do you, are you glad you did it, though? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it opened me up to um, a whole different world of, of DJs that I didn't even know about. You know, just, uh, I guess, I can sometimes be, um, what is it, when you're just focused on. Just in the zone, right? Yeah, 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 just in my own zone, yeah. you know, and. um it opened me up to a bunch of different DJs and I was just like, yo, I didn't even know people were playing like this and doing like little trick mixes and sh- I didn't know how yeah, to yeah. do with trick mixes and like I, scratch or anything like that. And then it just made me hone in and like work on my craft more uh-huh. so I could get as good as those dudes. I mean, at some point I gave up and I was like, man, I'm not going to be fucking craze and DMC, right. you know, but at least I have a base now that uh-huh. I can, you know, a technical base that I'm like proud of right you know and and i'm always the the creative aspect that i learned from those other dudes i'm always trying to implement into my sets whereas before i was pretty much just mixing a bunch of songs and shit you know Uh i I think i did it well but but adding that on top of it was just next level you know i I always like seeing like non-turntablists like kind of succeed or do well yeah. in, in the Red Bull three style wow. competition. Why is that? <laughs> like MoMA? Just like MoMA. <laughs> well, like when MoMA won the New York yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> what year was that? 2010? Maybe 11? Yeah. Oh, shit. That was before 2010. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know him at that time. Yeah, no, I he, like it because it, it really... You didn't want to be on it either. No, no. I, I like it because it kind of it really upsets... The turntables community. Oh yeah, for no, sure. no, oh, like the, the DJs that like prepare months and years yeah, for that contest. Yeah. yeah, people were pissed yeah. that I that I that I won. Yeah, yeah. For sure. The mo came out of nowhere and did like and a, just free balled. Yeah, yeah free like balled the set, set yeah, and yeah. won. <laughs> he, just, he was like, he condensed his set from forty five minutes to fifteen minutes, and it just fucking worked for that day. Yeah, and he won. That's another dude with like impeccable selection. Moment, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Plays shit that I can't even think of. And I'm just like, yo, how did you get that off? He plays, he comes down and plays uh, Lovers and Friends, which is the R&B party at Koyo on Sunday. He just always finds a couple joints that are just like tucked way, way down there. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he kind of brought like uh, Tevin Campbell, Can We Talk? Can We Talk? Yeah, he made that kind of like a staple now. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing in 2019. It's like a, it's one. Of, it's like I don't know. I think at one point, like, uh, like all of these throwback songs were coming back. Ja Rule sets were coming back. Mm-hmm. Like Scrubs was coming back. All these nineties. Yeah. I feel like that. Can we talk? Slow jam. Saturday, I yeah. played Koyo. A dude asked me. I, I was 
turning the music off. He was done. Yeah. It's like, one more song, please, one more song. And I was like, all right, I'll play something, but you got to pick it. Can we talk? Wow. They sang every word. Wow. Mm. Shout out to, I know Mo's, Mo's feeling himself. He's he started a wave. I already told him, I'm like, yo, you think you started a wave? He's like, you know, I, I did a little something. I'm like, no, no, no. Enough enough conversation about that. So um, before we forget, before I forget, um, I actually want to mention, I want to talk about an event, a big event that we're having next week. Yeah. We're teaming up with DJ City once again, and we're going to do a DJ City link up and an after party at the Park MGM in Las Vegas. This is December 4th. Uh, next Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, next yeah, Wednesday, yeah. right? It's gonna be like a holiday theme, like a holiday, um, holiday kind of jump off that we're doing over there. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna dress up as Santa Claus so you can take a picture with Santa Claus, and you can tell me what you want for Christmas. Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> so what, what what's happening is that we're we're doing uh like kind of a dinner, kind of a dinner drinks yeah, link up. Shindig, yeah. We're doing that live podcasting again though. Yeah, we're gonna like talk to DJs. We're gonna interview motherfuckers, and that's gonna be eight o'clock to eleven o'clock at this Tapas restaurant, Mama Rabbit. Yes, right, right next to OTR, and right next to Best Friend actually. Yes, yeah. it's right between both of them. So we're gonna do like, what is it like a Latin theme? It's like a Latin theme. There's a lot you can gamble inside. There's a lot of tequila to be drink. There's a cool menu. Uh, it's like a live band too. It's a live shit, band right? going yeah. on every twenty minutes. All right, sounds like a hot mess. Yes, um, and then <laughs> so after that. We're going to be doing um, On The Record. Yes, once again. And then that's going to be the after party from 11 o'clock to close. Yeah. And then basically Jamie and D-Miles are going to be in the main room playing all the hip-hop and commercial hits. Yeah, all the cool shit. And then me and Never are going to be in the patio on the bus playing like all the classics, 80s. Yeah, and alongside Eddie Mac. With Eddie McDonald, yeah, yes. shout out to Mac Agency. So next Wednesday, all you motherfuckers on the West Coast, if you guys can make it to Vegas, um, it's going to be a DJ City Road Podcast collab. Yeah, and then yeah, we're just taking over Park MGM. Sorry for the interruption, though. With the with Miami coming to Miami, I want to talk about this. How you kind of adjusted to here, and kind of the music, and what was the kind of well, the main thing that you felt like I got to get on top of this and and really. Well, the, fir- the first thing was the, the change in um, time. So in, in, D- in D.C., everything during the week closes at 2, on the weekend it closes at 3. So there's peak time. You know when peak time is. Uh-huh. Like the lead up, 1 o'clock is the lead up, One thirty is go. Yeah. 2.15, 2.30, you yeah. can get away with a little bit more, whatever shit, you know, you know mix it up. And, um, you know, because people are already drunk and then the last – 30 you may play some more hits and then close it out with whatever the fuck you want right right here sidebar was closing at five the first one of the first gigs i <laughs> one of the first gigs i had was a uh, basement and the shit was our basil basement it was i got on at two and it's and it was over at six mm. and Get that adjustment to figuring out when is peak time, when it's time to like put your pedal, I mean, put your foot on the pedal, and when it's time to like come back. And you know, it's always, right. especially in my sets, I'm trying to always like, mm-hmm. you know, have that that up and down. When you're doing a, a longer set, you have to have more ups, more downs, more ups exactly. and downs. Exactly. You can't just go up, up. You can't. Right. Just, you're gonna yeah. hit the wall. You're gonna one, hit the one hour. Yeah. One you hour. Go, you go down. And you go down. You never be able to get back up. Yeah. 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 But one one hour, you can go pedal to the metal, like yeah. cool, and you're off. It's done. You had a great time. Go home. But like you know, four hours, you got to figure out 
where's that sweet spot? What time is what time is right? Do you go to? So a lot of times I would uh, pause, bust my load early. Uh huh. Sure. Um, <laughs> because I don't know. You know, in my head, it's already ingrained that this shit's over at three. Right. It's two thirty. I'm looking at the clock like it's two thirty. Like uh-huh. it's time to go. Everybody's in here. Like, but you got to think. That's five hundred people there now, but there's another two hundred motherfuckers coming at four. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. When Winwood closes or whatever the, uh-huh. the case may be, and and even at basement they close at four, and you and you would get on at one. So I would play. I would play a basement with uh, Dizza a lot when I first got here. Yeah, and sometimes I would close. Sometimes he would he would close or whatever. But when I did close. I would be getting on at one, and I would have to ask him like, "Yo, where do I kind of, how do I traverse this first hour?" Because I know I got to get till four four a.m. Yeah, yeah. So that was the biggest the biggest hurdle. Um, before you even talk about the music selection, I will say this: the, I guess as far as music goes, there's a lot you can get a lot more off here. Right. So much more off. The, the 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 number of genres and categories of music is ah that's what I yeah. love about Miami. Yeah. Like you can do reggaeton for twenty twenty five yeah, minutes. Sure. Afrobeat, even Afrobeat, even yes. even Afrobeat shit that is not on the radio. Like in DC, yeah, you play the fall if yeah. and yeah yeah, songs, yeah yeah whatever you know those shits. Burner boys, all uh, yeah, those, yeah. The, yeah yeah burner boy, you play that shit. But here you're getting like B side Afrobeat joints off because. It's a, it's all about the the feel of the music. You know, everybody's dancing. That's another thing. DC, nobody fucking dances. Oh sure, nobody's dancing. It's literally a breakdance circle in the middle of a bar on a Sunday in in Miami. And you know, those day parties in in DC, nobody, everybody's just standing around. Mm-hmm. So that was another thing, just opening up my catalog and going back to records that. I know, and I know I have, but making sure I implement those into my sets now mm-hmm. and, and playing some of those records, like I said earlier, that I thought were not worthy of getting played and playing them and, and playing them and getting the reaction that I never would have thought I would have gotten before. For example, like... Uh, uh, like, a, like the mystical shit that I said. But yeah, even, yeah. Even, even if you go, uh, uh, Kevin Little turn, turn Me On or yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tempted to Touch, Wayne Wonder Tempted to Touch. Right, or right. I wasn't playing those records in D.C. Really? No. Really? Surprised wow. you weren't playing Kevin Little. That's been like a staple for... Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have to. I mean, I was, yeah. I've been playing Blow the Whistle. No, I'm just yeah. saying right. that, that uh, Kevin Lewis like Blow the Whistle. Oh. It's a timeless record. Yeah, but I mean, I didn't have to. There was no point in the night. Once I got to a certain mm-hmm. level in D.C., I was getting on at one, and it was done at two. Yeah. There was no, mm-hmm. I mean, or done at three. Right. And there was no reason for me to play Kevin Little because I had to get uh I had to get Drake and I had to get two chains and yeah. the rest of the motherfuckers off before. You it's know. so dope. Like I think I, I love seeing DJs that like progress and grow when they challenge themselves or when they, they're placed in like anything like, yo, I moved from New York to Vegas mm-hmm. or whatever, or like my homies who moved from like New York to LA or whatever and they progress and they like adapt to LA and then they were shitting on LA music or LA hip hop and then they like kind of like they adapt to it and they get it now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. just like, I love seeing that shit because it's like, as DJs, we don't really learn until we fuck up. 
Oh yeah, that's you know a, what I'm saying. Yeah, it's that's like the best time, and that's the one thing that like motherfuckers gotta know is like the more you have, like the worst night you have, the more you learn from that night. Like I don't learn from like I mean you have, you may have like a dope night. You'd be like, damn man, I pulled a lot of songs out that I would never play, or these mixes that I would never play. But like I learned so much when I had a horrible night, for sure. Or mm-hmm. when I had a, like if I go out of town, and the resident who opens and closes for me, I hear their opening set, and I'm like, damn, that was they're playing. A ton of music I would mm-hmm. never fucking play, and I feel embarrassed to go on and do my set. And then after my set, I'm like, damn, that was pretty good. And then they come on, they close, and they and fucking doing some more they shit. throw on like they five more it, songs that I don't yeah, even know. The yeah. going. And they yeah. keep it going. I'm like, yo, yeah. this motherfucker. And those those eye-opening moments are when I learn the most, when like my ego's out the door, and I'm just kind of like, yo, it's just on some DJ shit where you're like, Damn, like I got a lot to learn. Yeah, like get your a shit lot together. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the, the best moment. Yo, you, for me. a good opener is the best person to learn from. The best. Yo, it's like I don't uh, think, that, and that's what I I don't think that like these these openers don't realize how many songs they could be breaking. Yeah. Yo, like you don't you can try to break songs when you headlining, like that's cool and shit. But like mm-hmm. yo, you could really break songs and really test songs out yeah. in the beginning of the night. Hell that's why yeah. when I go into a club and I hear an opener. And they're playing like Sheck West, you know, like Mobamba, or like they're playing Act Up. To me, I'm like, yo, y'all could be playing the B sides. You could be playing the new new the shit. Nets hit. Yeah. And putting me on to new music. Yeah. And I'll be like, damn, I didn't know this was hitting or or shit like that. Instead of playing like obvious shit that you know is gonna is that like you're probably gonna play shit. later yeah. in the night. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst. The the the, the opener that's playing. I, my pers my personal stance on opening is there's no reason for you to be in 70 BPM at, if you're opening at all. Like, six, like every day, every day, what is it? Every girl? You could do like some yeah. shit like that, you know, like you some, some earlier joints. Yeah, but, I actually but, like no. it. I like it when openers are bouncing around uh, the BPMs, like when they're doing 60 to 70, but they're playing those songs that you never hear, like Amen or something like that, yeah. like some early okay, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, was, I said 70, but I mean like six, 60 to 70, yeah. like new <laughs> new records. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. of course, once you get 70 and up to 80, I like to start off my nights at 80. Uh-huh. Mm. Like, that's start. like the perfect. Yeah. 80 is like, like the new 90, 95 yeah. BPM, bro, right? Bro, I love, yeah. I love starting at 80. It's so many records that you can get, like, uh, Tweet. What's that Tweet song? Uh, Oops. Oops. Yeah. Nah, it's no, the no, other no. one. Call, call, call me, me, call yeah. me. Yo, I love starting my my sets with that song, and then just go to like Christina Million, dip it low, or some um, shit like that. You know, what Kerry Hilson. Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, Kerry, Kerry Hilson. Hilson. Yeah, 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 for sure. Or what's that a uh, Jeremiah and Fifty song that was uh, kind of a, oh, a joint. down, down on, on me? me. Yeah, 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 that's an opener now. It yeah. used to be a kind of peak time joint, I guess. I was a what do you call it? You were mentioning. Um, like kind of when you first came out here and like learning how to like kind of stretch your sets out and yeah. whatnot. And I was like, I, I, I like talk to DJs sometimes and they're like, yeah, you know, like I play act up and then I play like Sweetie, uh, my type. And I was like, why would you play two bangers like that back to back? Like yeah, I never yeah. understood that shit. Right. Like I would save my shit. Like yeah. put something in the middle. Pause. No, but I would I would be like, yo, I'm going to give them like I'm going to give them Sweetie now. See how they react. And then I'm gonna bring I'm gonna save act up for a little bit later. Well, it depends on where you, know? you are in your set. To me, yeah. Like, if you're in that in that range where you're like leading up to like where it's time to go, yeah. Like really time to go in, yeah. Then 
play one of those just as a teaser. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. let me see where your heads at. You ready to party yet? Or, you know, but yeah, playing those back to back doesn't really. Well, I see uh, the I see I see the night as two primetime nights. Okay, you know, you got to hit them with the primetime. My first primetime to me is sing along. Let me get them all on the same page. Let let me get everyone singing along. Okay. And on the same page, and then on the second primetime, I'm gonna hit them with like maybe like some newer joints or get them, you know, like save some of the newer joints till a little bit later. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but, yeah, for sure. That's and then yeah. and what I usually notice is that like for me, like I wouldn't hit them all with all the new joints, but when I when I go to L.A. I notice you kind of got to play all the new joints well, back to back. No you have know? no time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have no time in L.A. You, as soon as you so, get on, yeah. it's, time to get, it's time to go so home. So sometimes I fuck up when I'm in L.A. Yeah. And, I, and I don't hold, get to yeah, them. You try, I to, you try to warm up. And then by the time, the and shit. I'm like, oh shit, it's like one, yeah. one forty-five. I got, and then by the, I do that power I, set at 15 yeah. minutes where I'm just like playing all the shit. But I can't even lie. Like sometimes I forget. I, I do that sometimes also yeah, when I'm yeah. in LA, man. Because I'm so used to Vegas. Well, you kind of hold it, right? You're yeah. just like, I, I'm gonna hold this in the pocket for later. You, you got a couple of hours, yeah. But yeah. LA, you gotta get hit you just it right away. Get it all. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I understand those, all those LA dudes. They're like, yeah, you know, like act up my type all at once. Just yeah. all those mm-hmm. bangers all at what once. What time? What time would you be getting on in LA? Twelve. Oh, 12? 12, 12 sometimes 12.30, man. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. If it's 12.30, you yeah. ain't got no time to play You pretty around. much got an hour. <clears throat> yeah. Because lights up at like 1.30, yeah. 1.45 usually. Yeah, yeah so yeah. you should be playing all those in the road because you ain't got no time. But yeah, yeah if you if it's two hours or two or two plus hours, then you, you have time to like mix some shit up, put something to else. To break up. it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I want to talk about what you're doing with the Shell Corporation. Okay. Uh, with you guys get, all getting together. Well, well how did that... St- I mean... I just think it's, first of all, I think it's like, I don't know. Has anyone ever done that before? I guess the originals, maybe. The originals? Is that? But the originals, that, they're all from the East Coast. Yeah. You guys are like from uh, like. All like over the country. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, why yeah, I said yeah. to your crazy about it, man. Yeah. It, honestly, it was, well, it was MoMA's idea. Okay. Um, But we. Because we were with Jezza, Jezza said it was your and MoMA's idea. But now it you, was MoMA's idea, but oh, I'll take credit for it too. <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> uh, but it was MoMA's idea, but um, I was kind of, I thought it was tight. And, and MoMA was like, I'm kind of busy. We need somebody to like be the catalyst, somebody to, you know, try to get the shit going a little bit. So I took, took on that role a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it was sparked by, um, Addie's all, I mean, me, Addie, and Dizza live here. Moma's always in Miami. Yeah. Sean G comes to Miami a few times a year. Mm-hmm. When, when they come, we're all friends separately, like just kind of randomly. Right. Um, and then, well, not randomly, we're all DJs, but whatever. Uh, and then we all would come together and like grab dinner or whatever and chat, you know, uh-huh. talk about life, talk about DJing, this and that. And it came up, and um, Moma brought it up at dinner one time. and we got in a group chat and it just how did he bring it up i mean what was it what was the thinking behind i don't it? i don't rem- i don't remember you got to get momo here again yeah. or something to fi- i don't know exactly what uh, maybe should i call him shit yeah why, why not, not? Yeah. Well, is he in london he's in london yeah uh, man. what, what time, time is it over there 11 30 man it might be he might pick up hold on let me see oh yeah uh, fuck that guy Right, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know exactly. I, you know, I don't know. He just brought it up, and I thought it was a tight idea. So I ran with yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, we all ran with it. Um, but uh, I think it's gonna. Uh, hopefully, it's something that we can we can use as um, another platform on top of what we have. Yeah. To like, you know, get. 
outside the the, the I, get, I think the plan is like worldwide international shit mm-hmm. you know um because we all have we all have our things in our each, each city i mean moma's got his shit in a ton of cities Everywhere. um yeah. yeah and even shaba even shanji with shaba um is moving around a bunch peach fuzz is bashment too yeah. um i mean shaba was just in vegas yeah they were, yeah. oh yeah, yeah with the, the TDE. TDE. yeah 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 for the day in vegas festival after party yeah so it was just i think it just makes sense we're all you know we're all friends first and foremost uh-huh. we we love playing uh music together yeah like i i'm Diz and i go back to back like at least 10 times a year, you know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. not even just out of, just like coincidence. We wind up on the same bill and we're, same thing with Eddie. Me, Eddie and I play at a Wood, Wood Tavern on Wednesdays, every Wednesday now. Like I, I brought him on to do that uh, with me. And um, I just think it fits, it makes sense. And, yeah, yeah. and the name I thought was tight too, Shell Corporation, cause, because of the Caribbean influence of us being in Miami and Shaba being Shaba, everyday people being everyday people. And it's like, you know, shelling, like that's their, term from like you know killing a party or whatever um i just i think it works i think it works yeah yeah that's cool yeah i like it because it's kind of a new step for working djs to come together and i mean the first step a working dj can do would be to start their own party yeah to put uh the control in their hands right build up their own following build their own uh musical setting for what they want for their own people and then for me, you guys working together is another step for working DJs to yeah. kind of, kind of. Uh, I, I would like to champion some stuff like that because to me it, it's taking uh, all the working DJs who are confused at what's going on with the, the rates getting lowered and mm-hmm. what do we do? Like, you know, how do we move forward? And, you know, all these clubs are like, you know, they're, they're not pushing us, they're pushing the other guys. Well, now it's time to understand like, yo, these dudes are doing it. Yeah, they're starting their own parties. Not only that, they're helping each other out and they're like collabing on parties. Yeah, and now they're coming together and starting like kind of like a DJ crew where they're just going around that might be on a global scale, just Hopefully. like traveling yeah. and stuff. I'm yeah. really excited about. I would, it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm, I would much rather. My bad. I ain't mean to cut no, you. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead I would continue. much rather travel and do that with my boys than be out on the road myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? Alone and. Playing, playing for rooms where you have to conform and like play yeah. the same top 40 yeah. or the same open format set yeah. that they want. <clears> because wherever them. we're going to book or if we get, hopefully get booked or whatever, there will be no like, okay, this is no format for the music. Yeah. You're just going to get what you get. Like this is, this is, this is our, our platform to do what we want to do, to play the way we play and to, you know, to get our shit off. And, and it just so happens. I mean, well, it helps that we all have our little followings here and there, and even in other cities. Like MoMA has his following in Miami. I have mm-hmm. my following in New York and LA, and and then it just makes it so much easier to bring people together when it's all of us. We go to New York, all of our folks are coming separately, mm-hmm. and then the people that yeah. we promote to that know us outside of being our friends and you know, you know, close followers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think it's easy. That's why I feel like individually, all you guys could do the party yourselves if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But before you get together, you making it like that, like that the, some a big deal. Yeah, that's what we that that was the, I guess that's that's the um, road we're trying to go on. Make it something big, man. Make mm-hmm. it make it make the first one um, a night to remember, and mm-hmm. then 
Any? Figure out the rest. Exactly. We, we yeah. haven't even we haven't even laid all the groundwork for shit. We just like yo, let's get this first one off. See how it goes. If Mo was involved, he'll he'll know how to do this. For he's, sure. he's a fucking yeah. logistical yeah. Uh, genius. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll find a way to package it and get it all ready. Yeah, yeah. he's good at that shit. Well, man, we're we're looking forward to that shit. And, uh, Actually, I'm gonna be in New York Saturday. Okay. I think I'm not working. If not, I'm definitely gonna come through and check it out. Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. free too. So yeah. just come and give us reports. Let me know, let us know if it's definitely. Spencer just <laughs> fucked his heart. Yeah. 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 Train wreck trying to play uh, Ben so long. What a danger! Whatever the fuck. <laughs> <that is. laughs> hey yo, uh, anything else we want to touch on? Doing Pause. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. we good. Hey, yo, Spencer, thanks so much for coming through, thank man. You, man. We appreciate you, man, for yeah. coming thanks through. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you man. man. Appreciate it. I'm glad we could get uh, you part of the Miami edition of Row Podcast. And yep. uh, thank you to DJ City. And then... Um, and you can check this video out alongside with every brand new video we drop on Friday on youtube.com slash podcast. Fuck that. Like, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell to get the video first. And yeah, shout out to DJ City. Yeah, peace, man. Peace. 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 Peace.